Hi, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Only in San Jose. My name is Alina Yin, and I will be your host. This podcast is about democratizing and demystifying the dense information around civic participation in the city of San Jose. It is a hyper focus on pretty much the local government process, which I firmly believe is ground zero for systemic change. Before we get started, I want to share the story of how this all came to be. The idea of this podcast came around April 2019. And what I had originally envisioned was this lighthearted, funny podcast that took this late night show humor approach to all of this really dense and complex information, sometimes unnecessarily complex information that is also hard to find, and make it just easier to civically participate in our local government. So that was the concept, and I applied for this grant the Emerging City Champion Fellowship, I was selected and received $5,000 to work on making this into a reality. And for the majority of 2019, that's what I did. And I attended conferences and all sorts of training programs. I was ready, ready to go. And then 2020 happened. When it rained, it pours. COVID-19 has taken all of the plans, pretty much just set them on fire. We have to rethink our global supply chain. We have to rethink public gatherings. We have to rethink how local government works in this virtual space that we've all been confined to. Civic participation in this moment has never been more important because On top of COVID-19, we have another pandemic, and that pandemic is police brutality and the structural racism in the police department, all the other systems of oppression that are all being laid bare right now in front of us. It is overwhelming. But after the rain, there is always new growth. I am... Hoping to facilitate a conversation with this podcast on what we want to grow here in San Jose. There is a lot to do. We all have a responsibility to use all of the power and privileges that we have been born into and earned. Do what we can in our own way. So I want this podcast to be a resource and a tool and a place to have conversations about what we mean when we say we want to dismantle systems of oppression and what we're going to design to replace them. I wanted to use my experience, but also my personal journey of discovering this for myself to explain the process and and how it all works and how and where and when to best engage. Now, a little bit about me. I am a born and raised resident in Eastside, San Jose. I currently live on West Side. My parents are still here. Prior to this podcast, I was the co-founder and uh, operations director of Local Color, a founding board member of Catalyze SV. I have been also, you know, volunteering in community engagement and all sorts of other stuff. For as long as I can remember, 
I've always been very curious about how and why things are the way they are. I've always been very curious about my environment and my city. And I also spent a number of years working in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry of our built environment. So I've been to community meetings and watched city council meetings until 1 a.m. All this stuff is fascinating to me. I'm not an expert, though. I've never uh, been a city employee. I've worked with the city, but I've never been an employee. I'm not a politician. And I'm not a journalist either. I am just a resident looking to get more involved, a way to help my neighbors and friends also become involved because a lot of people are interested, but it's very difficult and there's no reason it should be that difficult. This podcast is for the people in San Jose. When I'm sharing the information, I am doing it from the perspective of another San Jose resident trying to figure it out. I'm definitely going to make some mistakes along the way, but I will try my best to be as transparent about the process so that you too can also better understand when, where, and how to best engage with your city to, you know, voice your opinion and feedbacks for your dream city. However, before we get there, we need to first visit the city clerk's office. For those of you who are not familiar with that person or that department, think of the city clerk as kind of like a a librarian of civic services or um, a human search engine for all things city process and documents. They also post addendums and minutes for all of the city council meetings. They manage the boards, commissions, and committees. They process all of the legislation that council approves. And if you want to run for office, they are also the place to start. So I highly encourage everybody to really get familiar with that department and their um, tools and resources because it is a resource for us, the people. If you're looking for something, you don't know where it is, go to them. They are there to help you. Another important thing that we all need to be more familiar with, including myself, is the San Jose General Plan, the Envision 2040. What that is, is a very large document that is very difficult to read. I have not read all of it. Basically, what that document is supposed to represent, imagine you get to design your dream home and money is not a problem. This is the place that when you step foot inside the door, you are met with joy, super relaxing. You're going to grow old in this place and then pass it on to your kids and then your grandkids and great grandkids, etc. It's going to be like Disneyland. So this document is supposed to represent that. It's, it's the plan of how to get there. It's the plan of this is how big I want the windows. This is where the garden goes. I want you know, a steam room, whatever. And so this document is vital to our understanding of why the council members make the decisions that they do. It's supposed to be their guiding document. And what's really interesting right now 
is that unless there is some oracle genius who happened to write into the general plan exactly what would happen in 2020, um, there's a lot of things in there that are now obsolete or probably things that we should stop doing or things that are just terrible ideas considering everything that's happened. Anyways, I'm going a little bit too deep in that direction right now. We're going to dive into that document in, in later episodes. So stay tuned and subscribe if, uh, if you're interested in that. Okay, now on to the topic of boards, committees, and commissions. And for the sake of this conversation going forward, I'm just going to call them commissions. So in the city of San Jose, we have 35 different commissions. And within them, though not evenly distributed, in total, there are around 280 seats. And the number of applications that the city clerk receives every year for at least the last three years have been 270. Now, when you think about that in correlation to our population, even if you took out all the minors, that equals 0.0003. That is an incredibly low, low number. And hopefully, you know, this podcast is going to turn that around because I think that this facet of civic participation is one of the least known. And that's why I decided to focus the very first season part of this podcast on explaining what they are. Commissions are very, very important. They are important in the civic process. This is where elected officials engage on a more intimate level with the community. The members that are selected to, to sit in these seats are our representatives. In those commissions, very important things and decisions are made that affect the daily quality of our life today, tomorrow, or 20 years into the future. So the implications are vast. This is a part of our government that we really need to collect and mobilize and just take on because it is underutilized right now. So who can apply? Now this is where it gets interesting. One of the main requirements and in some cases only requirement for some of these commissions is that you're a San Jose resident. That's it. And there's really only a handful, maybe four or five, that require you to be registered to vote. Therefore, you know, you have to be a citizen. So the rest, it's open literally to anybody who lives in San Jose. Now let me clear up some misconceptions. For example, one that I personally also held myself until I spoke with the city clerk department is that you have to live in the district and you can only apply if there is a vacancy in your district. That is not true. This is how it works. So think of city council members. Um, I'm going to use a sports analogy, even though I'm not a big sports person, but I'm going to try. So think of the city council members, and each of them have a number of draft picks. All of the people who applied for, say, the Arts Commission, each council member gets two picks. 
And those two picks are named, if it's coming from District 3, District 3 seats. And that's all that it means. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to live in that district or that you're representing that district. You just have to live in San Jose. That's it. And here's how you apply. You go to the city clerk's website. You click on boards and commission. Click the apply button. Fill out the application. And that's it. And the application is extremely simple and very easy. All of the boards and commissions have the same questions, essentially. There may be a handful that have some extra questions, but there are questions like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to join? Why are you interested? What kind of experiences do you have? And what do you hope to accomplish by becoming a member of this said commission? Now on how a person is selected or appointed. At its core, I believe that the people selected and chosen should have unique qualifications or lived experiences that enable them to be the best representative and represent in the best interest of their community. However, in reality, not that that's not happening. It's just that there is no standardized rubric of how a person or application is judged. It's really at the sole discretion of each council member on why they pick that person. So we can see how, can, how that can be problematic, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can petition and make our voice heard that we want a more transparent judgment system, application processing system. And we have a right to that, an absolute right to that process, because this is one of the main facets that we have been given under our democracy to engage with our city elected officials. Now, we're going to go more in depth about each commission in later episodes. But for now, I'm going to highlight a few important ones. And we're going to start with the most important, or rather the most powerful, is the planning commission. And because of that, some individuals, not all, some have traditionally used this as a pipeline before running for council member. So the planning commission, they are tasked with making addendums and additions to the Envision 2040 general plan that we talked about earlier. So in today's context, Deardon Station redevelopment and what's happening in the Berryessa Urban Village and the plans to redevelop the flea market, all of those decisions were made by the planning commission and city council. That's where the discussion and debate happens is during planning commission. Not by the people that are sitting there right now, but their predecessors and the people before them. These decisions, these decisions are made typically years, if not decades, in advance of them actually happening. They also um, make decisions and enforce things like land use and zoning codes. For example, if a drugstore wanted to uh, have a drive-through built through their store, they would have to apply for the permits, etc., and then get approval from the planning commission. 
There's a lot of other things that I'm not going to go into right now. Another one is the Historic Landmarks Commission. And essentially, they're a part of writing history and protecting the legacy of our culture and the narrative of our city. Another one, an important one, in my opinion, is the Library and Early Education Commission, which, considering how things are going right now, I believe that a lot of families are going to be in need of these services and support that librarians and library services offer. What does that look like pre-COVID-19? And it can't look like just plain less because that is unacceptable. And the last one for now is Parks and Rec. So if we are all going to be spending a lot more time in our home and within our local boundaries, then parks and recreation services cannot be cut. They need to increase because people are going to be utilizing those public spaces more. And what a great time to invest in more parks and recreational services, provide green space, maybe some environmental education while you're at it. Have that outdoor thriving life that we always travel to other cities for. An FYI on time commitments of serving on a commission. So most commissions meet monthly, quarterly, or as needed. And the homework involved is usually just reading the minutes and the agendas. Other commissions may have some supporting documents that they have to go through. The commissions typically with the most homework is planning and arts. All right, we're wrapping towards the end now. I have a few important dates for everybody. One of them, the first one coming up, is July 15th. So for the current vacancies on uh, commissions and seats that are terming out in November, the close of the deadline is going to be July 15th. However, don't ever let that stop you from applying. If you're interested, even remotely, just apply. And know that you can apply year-round because there are vacancies year-round. Traditionally, anyways, maybe this podcast will change that. We don't know yet. And with everything that's been going on, I've decided to pivot the schedule of this podcast to a more organic pace for me as I work to restructure and re-record things to match with the context and the urgency of this moment in time that we're all experiencing right now. So the sound might be not the best. Music might be meh or not at all. And it'll be fine. We're going to work through it. It's going to be fine. Lastly, some call to actions. I have five things and it can all be found in the description of this episode. Number one, episode survey. If you have any feedback, tell me what you like, what you didn't like, suggestions for next time, click on the link. Two, resources for applying to a commission. Even if you are just kind of interested, any kind of interest you have click on the link so I can send you resources and just apply anyways because you never know. Three, sign up for your council member newsletter because this is typically the first place they announce any vacancies that come up and you can click on the link to find your council member and sign up. Four is volunteers. If you are interested in helping me research topics 
or if you want to be an advisor because you're a genius at city budget or city attorney stuff, then hit me up. Five is subscribe if you want to keep updated on future episodes. And thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. And I will speak to you soon.